Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Our dear friend, Phil Giraldi, joins us now. Phil, uh, thank you very much for your time. It's always a pleasure, uh, of course, uh, to chat with you. I want to spend a fair amount of time on Israel, Gaza, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's latest APAC statement from uh, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia earlier today. But before we get there, do you think that the uh, neocons who are uh, pressuring uh, Republicans in the House in, in behalf of President Biden uh, recognize that Ukraine is a failure or do they actually their war in Ukraine is a failure or do they actually think that another 60 billion can somehow miraculously uh, pull the Ukrainian uh, military's feet out of the fire? Well, you know, it's it's hard to imagine that they really believe that. But that said, if you go to their websites like uh, American Enterprise Institute or uh, uh, the FDD people and everything like that, they make these arguments over and over and over again that there's sort of a, uh, a, a point where this can be turned around by applying enough money and manpower and um, and super weapons uh, to the mixture and uh, people who who actually uh, have a lot more insight due to their own experiences, like uh, people that you have on, like Larry Johnson and Colonel McGregor, uh, you know, they see this in a whole different way. They see this as sure a corner has been turned, but the corner was turned quite a long time ago. And basically, the momentum is all on the side of Russia. And anyone who is is, is thinking that this can actually be turned around uh, is delusional. Uh, I have to, to go along with that, although my own experience coming out of the intelligence world um, doesn't give me the same insights into uh, actual actual combat veterans. Uh, but you know, that's uh, that's the way I would uh, I would look at it. That this is a this is kind of a con to keep this going and keep this going and keep this going. The money goes to defense industries who kick it back to the neocons. The money goes to friendly congressmen who do all kinds of favors uh, in turn for the neocons. I mean, and the neocons are running the foreign policies of, uh, of, of much of uh, both parties right now. What is the relationship between um, MI6 and Ukraine intel and CIA and Ukraine intel. Is the Ukrainian intelligence community 
uh, subject to the whims and wishes of MI6 and CIA, or uh, do they operate independently? Or, and are they funded by CIA? Yeah, the, uh, they're, they're definitely funded by, uh, I, w- I would put it broader than that, I would say, by CIA and also uh, NATO intelligence, uh, various elements in NATO intelligence, including the, certainly the British and probably the French. And uh, so, yeah, they are funded by them. But the extent to which they are are reporting to those eight other agencies uh, in 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 a capacity of telling them what they want to hear, I rather think they're 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 playing an independent role. We seem to be hearing uh, or getting some glimpses of uh, the generals and the intelligence people in Ukraine rebelling uh, from the political leadership of Zelensky. And this is telling me that perhaps these people uh, aren't in a way nationalists who are waking up to the reality. And uh, so the conversations between them and, and CIA and MI6 must be rather interesting. And I would I would be very interested in seeing how exactly they're written up because I bet they say they, they probably conceal more than they tell you. Right, oh, well, that, that's that's that business. I mean, the reason I ask that, Phil, is because the general that President Zelensky has suggested he might put in charge of the military after he fires General Zeluzhny, something he's been talking about publicly for a week, literally. Today's the seventh day because he mentioned it last Thursday, and it hasn't happened yet. But that general is a 36-year-old intelligence agent. Uh, in charge of the uh, Ukrainian uh, intelligence. So I'm wondering if if he becomes the commander of the military, uh, will he still be doing uh, MI6's bidding, which probably means uh, offensive uh, missiles into Russian territory? Yeah, I would suspect that uh, if if he gets that assignment and survives, beyond the first week, uh, he would definitely be towing the line that's coming out of NATO and that is coming out of Zelensky. Now, what he actually believes might be something quite different. And uh, if he does indeed believe that the war is lost, he'll be looking at ways to salvage uh, what remains uh, for him and his colleagues and also for the country. So it's, it's kind of a complicated scenario right now because, uh, as I say, many people that I would trust, whose judgments I would trust, are, are uh, essentially saying that, you know, this, this war is not uh, turnaroundable. Uh, and, uh, and yet there are other people who are trapped in the middle on this and uh, will have to make some serious decisions probably in the very near, near future. Does the president still receive uh, an intelligence briefing daily, and is it still based on information gathered uh, in the field in Ukraine, as, and is it still twisted and turned and tormented and spun by uh, masters in uh, Langley? I realize this is a long-winded question. My apology, but you see where I'm going. So yeah. that they tell uh, Joe Biden what they think he wants to hear. Is that still going on? Well, you know, a lot of that depends on the actual um, uh, person who is the one who goes over to the White House, uh, presumably every day, uh, and briefs the president and his staff. And uh, you get a guy like Ray McGovern, and I'm sure uh, when he was doing it, it, he was a straight talker. 
Uh, I've heard uh, certainly when I was in the agency through the uh, 70s, 80s and 90s uh, that there were a lot of people that would go over the White House, particularly in the George Bush years and thereafter, and would tell them what they wanted to hear. So, you know, it kind of depends on the person. It kind of depends on the politics. Uh, we have now a CIA director, uh, of course, who uh, is uh, not an experienced intelligence officer and who essentially was appointed to become uh, what seems to be uh, Joe Biden's point man to go to places to kind of do the, uh, shall we say, clandestine uh, negotiating with foreign heads of state and, and foreign uh, secretaries of state and that sort of thing. So that's kind of a, a an unusual situation that Biden obviously is uh, maybe recognizes the fact that he's not capable of absorbing what he needs to absorb and responding in a in a good way. And uh, he's turned some of the, the the handles of the government over to other people. All right. Um, switching gears. I have to ask this. Is the United States effectively waging war on the Palestinian people in Gaza? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um, well, waging war, if, if you include that to require a, a declaration of war, the answer would be no. But I think in every other sense, they are completely in Israel's pocket on what's going on there and they're doing everything they can to uh, assist Israel, um, including these uh, these two ridiculous plans that have been floated lately to give Israel a ton more money, $14 billion or $17 billion. Um, so it's a it's it's kind of, uh, you know, the United States has become a war criminal by its complicity in uh, what the uh, international court uh, recently ruled as uh, as uh, genocidal moves on the part of Israel and the United States by its own argument about you know people giving Iranians giving weapons and support uh, to Shiite militias uh, by by which they become themselves terrorists. Uh, by that same measure, which came out of the Secretary uh, of, of uh, Defense, uh, we are war criminals and are complicit in a uh, what is a developing, certainly a developing genocide. I want you to hear one of the more absurd statements Joe Biden has ever made. Now, 
there's a lot of them, but this is one of the most uh, recent, talking about Israel, Gaza, people suffering desperately in need of help, and of course, forgetting that all of this is being done with American military equipment and forgetting that he could stop it with a phone call. But here he is making a pitch for this aid, which apparently includes money to slaughter the Gazans and money to feed the Gazans. Cut 16. This bipartisan agreement also provides Israel with what it needs to protect its people and defend itself against Hamas terrorists. And it will provide the necessary life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people. By opposing this bill, they're denying aid to the people who are really suffering and desperately need help. You know, there's more work to get this done over the finish line, and I want to be clear. Doing nothing is not an option. Republicans have to decide. For years, they said they want to secure the border. Now they have the strongest border bill this country has ever seen. All right, we, we, we'll save the border argument for another time. But how intellectually and morally depraved can a man be who says, give me the money to give to the Israelis, to slaughter the Gazans, uh, to uh, destroy their homeland, to engage in genocide? And by the way, those few Gazans that managed to survive, we got to feed them. Well, it's it's totally depraved. And I would have uh, observed, it seemed to me that the president had his, his lapel pin, uh, an Israeli flag next to the American flag. Um, I, I think that's what I saw. And, and but uh, he's lying about everything uh, as part of his bill, which has not been voted on yet. It might come up tomorrow. Um, Ten billion dollars would be committed for humanitarian relief. But of that, only one point four billion was allocated. If you read the bill. Uh, was allocated for Gaza, and the bill specifically states that the United Nations uh, Agency, which provides uh, all of the relief to Gaza, uh, cannot be allowed to have any support from U.S. money or from uh, U.S. activities. And the Israelis are, are basically blocking all the aid that's going in right now. Apparently, according to the U.N., 95% of it. So right. he's allowing these people to die. He's providing the instruments for the Israelis to kill them. And uh, and then he's lying about it. Uh, I think this is a disgrace. It's uh, it's utterly, utterly depraved. And I don't know how anybody could accept what he's saying with a straight face, uh, Phil. Um, hasn't the war in Gaza actually escalated the genocide? since the uh, finding by the International Court of Justice that there is plausible evidence to believe that a genocide is going on, and to that extent, we're ordering them to stop it. And by the way, we're ordering uh, a report in 30 days, which is uh, due next week, by the way. Um, hasn't it gotten worse? We saw pictures of torture that uh, uh, an IDF uh, soldier took of himself torturing uh, a, a young man stripped to his underwear and um, shackled to a chair. Uh, we've seen pictures of the IDF um, chanting and dancing uh, at the uh, utter demise and uh, destruction uh, of, uh, of Gaza. 
we've seen all this uh, behavior indicative of genocide. We've heard Prime Minister Netanyahu saying we're going to achieve all of our goals. It's going to take a few months. He really means a few years because he knows what he has to do to stay in office. But we're going to achieve all of our uh, all of our goals. So long-winded question again, for which I again apologized. Has anything gotten better for humanity since the ruling by the court? No, I would uh, I would think from the evidence I've seen that it's uh, it's basically been the same as when the ruling came out, uh, demanding that a lot of these practices be stopped. They've been shooting civilians. They've been uh, blowing up houses just gratuitously for grow- blowing them up. The New York Times even had an article on it today, how they're destroying houses. They're humiliating the the, the Gazan civilians that they encounter that they don't kill. Um, and uh, and they are making videos for themselves to send home, showing them laughing and shooting these people. And uh, I tell you, this is incredible. There was one uh, video that was uh, online that showed them uh, the the last few sheep that were in Gaza that uh, people actually w- would have been able to eat to keep from starving. They were shooting and killing the sheep. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, these people, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, this is disgusting. It's an indication of the lack of uh, decent leadership within the Israeli military and within the Israeli government and within the United States government. Here's... Uh... Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu, this is this is very recent. This is only a few hours old, I think, um, saying that all objectives of war will be won in a few months. And be- before we go to that, we we looked at the pin on Joe's lapel. We also have a clip of him talking about the pin. It's a Ukraine flag. It's uh, not the yeah. it's not the Israeli flag. We can play that clip, but in in that clip, he's saying I'm. Uh, I'm wearing my Ukraine tie. I'm wearing my Ukraine pin. I've been wearing it because they're in dire straits right now. But but I don't want to get back to Ukraine just yet. I want your comments on what Prime Minister Netanyahu said just a few uh, hours ago, number 18, Chris. I came here this evening to say we are on our way to that decisive victory. It is in our hands. It's not a matter of... Uh, perhaps weeks, but it is in a matter of months. The IDF are working systematically and they will achieve all the objectives of the war. They're going to release all the hostages, eliminate Hamas, and Gaza will no longer be a threat to Israel. Say this before you comment. Worse than making a promise and not keeping it is making a promise that cannot be kept. How could anybody, how could he expect anybody in Israel, in the West, in the world, anywhere, to believe what he just said? I, I don't think the even the Israeli public is buying into it, although they support him for reasons of revenge. Um, the fact is that if he's going to liberate the hostages, uh, the first thing he could do to, um, uh, to, to save the hostages is to stop bombing Gaza. Uh, the New, again, the New York Times today was reporting that uh, 50, 50 of the remaining alleged hostages have probably been killed by bombardment by the Israeli forces, not by the by Hamas. So this is you know this is just a a, a bowl full of lies. Any kind of lie he can pull out to to support himself, 
Um, and many, uh, many experts, many military experts are uh, very uh, dubious about that. Uh, Israel is uh, even winning in Gaza or uh, about to obtain its objectives, which was to wipe out Hamas and uh, pres presumably also to remove the entire population so that uh, uh, rich Israelis can uh, build beach villas uh, on what used to be Gaza, uh, which is being advertised by real estate agents in, in, um, in Israel already. So, you know, this is just incredible. This is, this is a bizarre, uh, ridiculous, odious uh, turn of events in which the United States could have played a good role and could have, could have forestalled this, could have prevented this from happening, just like it could have prevented what happened in, is, is happening in Ukraine. And uh, this is perhaps for us, for we Americans, this is the real tragedy. You are... Um a veteran not only of the army and the intelligence uh, aspect of it, but a veteran of the CIA. You have a good handle on government. You have a PhD from the University of Chicago. You're one of the smartest people I know in understanding and explaining government. Why do Western governments seek validation by war, by killing people, by killing innocents? by killing people that can't fight back? Well, I'm afraid that the, the answer to that is, is something that's unpleasant, which is essentially that um, governments who uh, essentially, that essentially uh, don't behave up to the highest standards uh, always need some, some other kind of excuse to explain why they do what they do. And the best excuse is, hey, we're being threatened by country A and we have to do something about it. And gee, if we, by golly, as the British used to say, by jingo, if we have to go to war, uh, that's what we'll do. And um, this is uh, this is kind of the mindset we saw it with, uh, in particular, uh, those of us who remember George Bush, George W. Bush. Uh, this was the kind of whole argument that was trotted out and produced wars that were both unnecessary and illegal and immoral in almost every aspect and this has been the go-to with uh, the regimes that have followed that uh with uh, even uh, even um uh with uh, uh, obama and uh, certainly uh with trump and uh, certainly now in spades with the biden administration so this is a tragedy for us so uh, somebody killed uh, three reservists from Georgia who were stuck in a dump called Tower 22 at the border of uh, Assyria and Jordan for reasons that we don't understand and they probably were never told. The same person or group of people killed or injured 37 other Americans. Uh, we now know that this was not thought to be a returning American drone. Uh, it just wasn't caught by American defenses. It was obviously a drone uh, intended to kill. In response, the American government fired 85 separate attacks on sheds, warehouses, tribesmen, herdsmen. So as a follow-up to my question about why do Western governments seek validation uh, by killing, what is to be gained by this kind 
uh, of killing, this kind of, as you would say, I think you'll you'll agree with this phrase, collective punishment of the innocent for what somebody that they'll probably never lay a glove on actually did. Yeah, that's that's the tragedy. And 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 you know what makes it worse? The fact that uh, Biden and um, Secretary of Defense were both saying that uh, this was uh, this was retaliation. Uh, and it was not intended to escalate because we're not attacking, not yet attacking Iran. So anyway, they kill a bunch of people. They shoot off a bunch of missiles that cost $3 million each. Um, and, uh, and, and what did they do? They escalated. And uh, exactly contrary to what they promised to do. And uh, there has already been a reaction. Some of the uh, tribes or some of the uh, militiamen that they attacked and tribesmen that they attacked retaliated against the Kurdish allies, which are uh, one of the alleged reasons why the United States is illegally uh, maintaining bases in Syria. I mean, this is like a whole cycle of ridiculous premises to create a situation which is unlawful, unreasonable, and and basically the chickens are going to come home someday to the United States and, and the people that are doing this sort of thing, I am afraid. Um, I want to play this uh, clip of Admiral Kirby only because um, he issues an apology and we have been very rough on him and I got to give him credit for the apology. So he uh, told the uh, White House press corps that the United States warned Iraq and told Iraq what we were going to attack and where and when we were going to uh, attack. He now says that that did not happen and it was erroneous information and he was apologizing. So this is not a video. This is a still of him. This is the way government apologizes. You don't actually see the person. We hear his voice and we see a still of him. Uh, but this is number 17, Chris. I'm sure many of you saw the statement that, uh, that I issued yesterday uh, correcting what I had said Friday night. Uh, about pre-notification to Iraqi officials uh, on Friday night before the strikes that we took uh, on facilities related to the Iran-backed uh, militia groups. Uh, and I deeply apologize for the, uh, the error, uh, and I regret that any confusion that it caused. It was based on information we had or that it was provided to me uh, in those early hours after the strikes. Turns out that information was uh, incorrect and uh, it was one of our um, viewers writes in, how does he sleep at night? Okay, he did make an apology. My, my, I commend him uh, for that. He's still Baghdad Bob and in, in everything else that he's, uh, that he's been saying. We still don't even know what conceivable justification there is for the collective punishment of the innocent because somebody sent the drone that killed these three young people uh, at... Uh, Tower 22. And of course, the government will never say what they were doing there, why they were there. Kirby himself argued that the president did not need an authorization for use of military force to fire off these 85 uh, attacks because what he was doing was defending American troops and under the law, he can defend American troops. Well, that presumes that American troops are in a position where they're lawfully entitled to be when you're defending them. And of course, they're not lawfully entitled to be there. All right, I'm getting carried away. Take it from there, Phil. Yeah, no, that that's exactly precisely the point. I mean, all of these things going on are avoidable. 
and uh, they should have been avoided. If we had a decent foreign policy that really cared about anything, uh, uh, we would avoid them. And uh, there's no reason, apart from stealing oil, why um, uh, American soldiers should be uh, at uh, three or four bases in, in Syria or in Iraq, as far as that goes, because uh, the Iraqi parliament has twice asked the United States to remove its troops. And uh, uh, also the president just recently did the same. And I love the, the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that are, are, are um, experiencing Judging Freedom audio only, we just ran a clip of a uh, very famous, you, you've seen it, of a uh, journalist throwing his shoes at President George W. Bush while he's standing next to the president of Iraq. And in typical Bush fashion, he goes, bring it on. All right, Phil, back to you. <laughs> yeah, well, this is where we're at. Up. <laughs> we're at a bring it on point, I guess. Yeah. No, but the concept of collective punishment, which is condemned in international law, which is condemned by the Geneva uh, Conventions, which is condemned by American federal law, eh, the president is engaged in it uh, to the nth degree here. I, mean, I almost don't care what he told or what he warned Iraq about. The point is... He killed dozens and dozens of innocents. Why? To satisfy Lindsey Graham? Yeah, well, you have to ask yourself uh, who's in charge here. And I, I, it's it's opaque. Yes. All right, Phil, thank you very much, uh, my dear friend. A lot of people commenting about um, Rupert. They love you, but they love you even more when Rupert's in the background. <laughs> Yeah, he's my, he's my prop. Right. My my prop is curled up at my feet, sound asleep. He wants to go O-U-T. I can't say the word out loud because he'll hear it and he'll be jumping all over me. That's right. <laughs> Man's best friend. Thank you, Phil. All the best. We'll see you again soon. Well, thank you. Of course. Uh, a great, a great human being. Uh, savvy, savvy uh, intellect. Two more savvy intellects coming up at four o'clock. Uh, Aaron Matei, Eastern Times, and at five o'clock, uh, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, Judge in the Palatana for Judging Freedom.